Could you just bow your heads for a moment? And amen. What a privilege it is that God allows us to come and to be in his presence this morning. Would you take your Bibles and open them with me to the Old Testament book of Genesis, of Exodus, the second book in the Bible, Exodus chapter 20. We're going to be continuing on our highway to higher living. And today we are on commandment number six, thou shalt not murder. A commandment looking at and speaking to us, I believe, out of God's love. Remember when I said we're looking at the Ten Commandments, that they are God's law to us, but they reveal who he is. They show his love for us. In times when we see things that God said and we we look at how we take words today, it can sometimes cause a little confusion in our minds. And I always find it fascinating, church, how God lines up with what's going on in life around us. He just amazes me sometimes. This was planned out months ago working on this, but what an interesting passage to come this week on the hill of the retrial for Justin Bloxham. Back in October the 6th, 2022, KTBS website had an article titled, Convicted DeSoto Killer Denied Appeal. New trial date set. We all know the story of Brian Horn and um, Justin Bloxham. I'm not here to be judge or jury or conviction or anything else, but there is a true fact that something happened. And I find it interesting that you look at the headlines today, July the 6th, 2023. Convicted child killer again sentenced to die for killing 12-year-old Justin Bloxham. As we're going to look at in a moment, there is a difference between the word kill and the word murder. But how do we reconcile this in our minds when someone has murdered someone and we see in God's word that it says not to murder, but yet we can sentence someone to death and kill them? Does that just doesn't always make sense. So what I want us to do today in looking at this sixth commandment, I want us to look at the truth about murder and what the Bible says about murder. With that in mind, would you please stand with me as we read from God's word, Exodus chapter 20. We'll be beginning in verse 1 to get us caught up and reading through verse 13 where we are today. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am Yahweh your God, or your translation might say the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. 
You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all the work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh your God. In it you shall do shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughter, your male or your female slave or your cattle or your sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which Yahweh your God gives you. You shall not murder. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray today that you will allow us to hear your word. Father, may you help me to step aside. Lord, would you fill me with the power and the clarity and the words to speak your message this morning. And Lord God, I just pray everything in the precious and most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. Today we're going to be focusing on that verse 13. If you would with me, let's pull that up here on the screen. And we're going to look at that. Would you read that with me? You shall not murder. God is very explicit. You shall not murder. Within the Old Testament, this verse or this word for murder is used 47 times. The same type of word is used in the New Testament 12 times. Some translations out there. Now, let me just bring this to your attention. I know most all of you know this. None of the Bibles that we have are the original manuscript. Amen. We have copies. And there are different translations that are out there. Men have gotten together over time and they have looked at the manuscripts that are available to them at the time and they've done different translations. And some words are translated different in different translations. Some translations use the word here in verse 13 where it says you shall not murder. Some use the word you shall not kill. Or you shall not murder. Now what we must understand is we're coming at it today from the 21st century. Murder, in my opinion here, is a better choice of words than kill. If you understand that at their time, kill would have also meant the same thing as murder of taking this life. But in just a moment, we're going to look at it as what is murder. So for us to understand the truth about murder, I want us to first of all look at the Bible usage of the word. If you have your outline there with you, the Bible usage of the word is the first thing that we're going to look at. How does the Bible use this word? Well, the first thing we see here is God commanded that we shall not murder him. The word used here in the Hebrew word that stands for killing intentionally or with premeditation. Here's the difference. 
All right, we're looking at murder. You shall not murder. When that word was used, what they would have understood, what we need to understand about murder is that is the intentional killing of someone else. It is usually a premeditated act. It's putting to death improperly or selfishly. When someone is murdered, someone is killing them without a reason. Someone is killing them because of something selfish within themselves. They're not acting on behalf of a, a right mind. They're not acting on behalf of a command of God when murder happens. When someone intentionally plans to kill someone, it's usually out of a selfish nature for whatever reason that may be. Maybe they have something that they want and they won't give it to them. So there's murder. We see that in home invasions. I'm sorry, when you go into a home to steal something that someone else has and you walk in their house and they shoot you, that's not murder necessarily. But when you walk in the house and you kill someone because they won't give you what you want, that's murder. You were going in there on a selfish nature. We see a murder oftentimes to cover up. Someone knows something. And they don't want that known. So the best way to do it in their mind is to murder them. God says we are not to do this. But you see there are times that we see a word in the Bible that is called killing. There are times in the Old Testament that God commanded killing. Do you understand the difference between murder and killing? One incidence that God said of killing was in capital punishment. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 19, just a couple of books over to your right. Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 21. God is giving the laws about boundaries and about witnesses, and he says this in verse 21. Thus your eyes shall not show pity, life for life, eye for eye, Tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. God was saying that there was a proper time within his law of taking a life. Not murdering, not killing someone intentionally out of a selfish nature. But if someone had killed someone, then God says you can take life for life. There is a a justice system that God established, a set of laws, and they were to have their trials as we have trials today. And in this Old Testament and other times we see God said in a capital punishment situation that it is okay. But another time that we see it is what is known by some as a holy war. There were times that God sent his people out to war. We have war today. And unfortunately, a bad aspect of war is people die. There is taking life. But it's not taking life for a selfish reason. It's not taking life out of a a premeditated plan to go in for my own reason and for to take them or to take them for no reason. We have war because we have to defend freedom. We have to protect life. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 2, the 
God's people have come out of Egypt. They're getting ready to go into the land of Canaan. Verse 2 says, And Yahweh your God gives them over before you, and you strike them down. Then you shall devote them to destruction. You shall cut no covenant with them and show no favor to them. God was telling his people, When you go in to the land I'm giving you, into the land of the Canaanites, you're to go in and destroy them. You're to go in and kill every one of them. There was a reason behind this. God was commanding it. It wasn't for a selfish nature on the part of God's soldiers. I truly believe that God knew their hearts. And we believe that God knows all. God knew that these people were against him. That these people would never turn. And when you have a group of bad people, they can quickly infect a group of other people. One bad apple messes up what? The whole batch of them. You can take a happy group of people, put them in a room and send in one... I had to change my choice of words here. One person with a sour attitude. And I can promise you, you can watch on the clock. It won't take long. And most everyone in that room will have a sour attitude. So the Bible uses the word in two different ways. Murder in the aspect of intentionally taking a life for no reason. A premeditated one improperly taking the life of someone out of a selfish nature. God commands it not to be back there in Exodus 20. He basically has two words. Never take, never kill, never take the life, never murder someone. But we do oftentimes see the word kill. What is the problem with murder? Is murder not only affects the person that the life has taken But it affects the person who kills as well. The person who murders. Anytime, don't hear me wrong on this. Anytime someone kills someone, war, sometimes we hear of cops, they're affected too. It always affects when a life is taken. But there's something about the murder. The second thing I want us to look at Not only the Bible usage of the word, but murder can be silent and unseen. I want you to hear me closely, because this is where it really starts getting in. Murder can be silent and unseen. What do I mean by that? You see, it's always the physical act of murder. But sometimes it's the action of our heart. It's not seen. It's not heard. But the action of our heart. It's the reason God is against murder. Remember I told you that in the Ten Commandments, the first four were dealing with our relationship between man and God. The last six are... Dealing between relationship between man and man. And you can see that very quickly. But also, all of the commandments, with the except of keep the Sabbath day holy, is repeated or talked about in the New Testament. And that's where it begins to come home 
more for us. And let's look at Jesus' word. Let's go to Matthew, the first gospel, the New Testament, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verse 21. Once you've turned there, say amen. Verse 21, Jesus is speaking here. Matthew 5, 21. It says, You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be guilty before the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be guilty before the Sanhedrin, and whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Saying here that even anger in your heart, that word raka is talking about fool, to to not call someone, he said call someone a fool, and then that you're guilty before the Sanhedrin. He says whoever you fool, he's talking about calling someone foolish or stupid is, is guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. You begin to see something's happening where on the inside of this? It's happening here. You know, it's not happening with the one that we necessarily are angry or the one as we're going to see in a minute, hate. It begins happening right here in the seat of who we are in our heart and our emotion. You see, the Bible talks about the murder of another person. Let me just read to you from 1 John chapter 3. Verses 15 through 18, it says, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother is in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. Hating someone in the eyes of God is the same as us murdering them. Silent and unseen happens here. You know, the problem with that is it affects us. And do you know that nine times out of ten, when you hate someone, they don't even know it. You're killing on the inside yourself. You see, it also tells us that it's a murder of relationships. If you hate someone, you don't have to physically go kill them. But if you hate someone, you are taking a relationship apart. You are murdering for whatever selfish reason you have. You have hate in your heart. Then you're severing a relationship. You're taking that away and... Third, you also are murdering of yourself. Again, from 1 John chapter 4, listen to verse 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen 
cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. If we are murdering someone because we have hate in our heart, God says don't do that because you're murdering yourself. What you're doing when you form bitterness and hatred in your heart and you harbor that, that is a sin that is in your life and you're harboring that and that is separating you and your relationship from God. He's still there. You never lose your salvation. You never lose your relationship. But yet we can withdraw ourselves from fellowship. God is there willing and waiting. But we withdraw. But it also says there. Because remember I said it's silent unseen. It's affecting what's on the inside. If we can hate our brother. That we've seen. Can we really love God that we hadn't seen? You see we can hear all things about God. So there's the Bible usage of the word. Murder can be silent and unseen. And lastly, God created man. This is the truth about murder. God created man. Let's turn toward the back of your Bibles to the book of James. The book of James comes right after Hebrews. James chapter 3. Beginning in verse 8, and I'm going to read through verse 10. I want you to listen. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse man, who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be. Man was created in the image of God. How be it that someone thinks that they can go and murder one of God's creations? Rather physically murder or murder as Jesus takes it in a whole new light of hatred Toward them. See, Genesis, the very beginning, tells us that God created man and he created him in his image. Then God said right after that that he looked at everything and he said, It is very good. God created us, God loves us, God designed us each in a unique way. That's the reason he commands that we're not to murder that that person. Man is God's creation. And who are we to destroy it? But when we look at this, it falls into the grand scheme of God's commandments. You remember when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Let me just read to you from Matthew, just real quick. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Said And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. If you murder someone, then you've messed up both of those. 
Because you're saying that what God created doesn't matter because you're greater than that. And for whatever selfish reason you have, you're going to murder someone. Or maybe you have hatred in your heart so that you don't love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know anyone in this room who loves themselves enough that they want to be murdered. If you do, just raise your hand. You know, we don't want to be murdered. How many in the room want to be hated? We don't want to be hated. Love your neighbor as yourself. You don't want to be murdered. You don't want to be hated. Don't go and do that to someone else. You see, God's love for his creation. Remember I tell you, we're seeing God's love through this, God's aspect. God loves his creation. He created us each special and unique. He loves each and every one of us, regardless of where we are in our walk of life. God loves the sinner. God loves the believer. There's a special relationship of forgiveness and redemption in the life of the believer where God shows his mercy and his grace, but he loved him enough that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. God doesn't want to see his creation destroyed. God doesn't want us to destroy ourselves, And God does not want his church to be destroyed. Remember murder, I said, was silent and unseen. If there is hatred within the church, it brings disunity and it tears a church up. We've seen individual local bodies, most everyone in here has experienced or seen a church that has gone through total devastation because maybe just one person had hatred and murder in their heart and it spread to a total church split. But if there's not unity within the church of Jesus Christ as a whole, boy, how Satan has a field day. So let me review with you just real quick here. The Bible usage of the word. We have murder and we have killing. You know, before I go further, why, what's the big deal? Why does it matter if the Bible says murder versus kill? How many of you in here, let me see, I know several. How many of you in here hunt? Just raise your hand just a minute. You hunt? Have you ever killed something? Was that a sin? No. God gave us animals to kill. We take their life so that we can have food and we can eat. We see other things that are killed. We kill plants when we cut them and take them from their source. We kill in times of capital punishment, in times of war. So there is a difference between murder, the intentional taking for a selfish reason, premeditated murder. There is a difference and murder can be silent and unseen. It happens within, according to the New Testament. It's an act of our heart. Hatred. That God created man. Now in closing, let me ask you this question. Why does all of this happen? Maybe we could say, how does all of this happen? When we take a look at this idea of murder... How does it come about? Remember what I say. Key worded murder is a selfish taking of a life. Hatred usually stems from a selfish nature. So how does this happen? Let me read to you from James chapter 4. 
James chapter 4 verse 1. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is it not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and you do not have, so you murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you are asking with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteress, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world sets himself as an enemy of God. Those first two verses, we murder, it says there, because we lust and we don't have. You want something you can't get. You know, hatred comes out oftentimes because somebody thinks somebody's better than them or, or somebody hurt their feelings. There's so many things out there. But it stems that how does all of this happen? It happens because of a war within us about our pleasures. See, there's nothing wrong with having pleasures. But when we put our pleasures above everyone else, there becomes a problem. You see, we should first pleasure our relationship with God. That should be our first and foremost thing. Everything we do in life should be about God. Everything we don't do should all stem about God. But then what about the love for our neighbor? Church in Exodus chapter 20, God is very emphatic. You shall not, never, do not murder. But I conclude that there is a difference between murder and killing. For a selfish reason, don't murder. And it's so easy, I want you to hear this, so easy for all of us to walk out of here today and say, I got this one covered. We've never pulled a trigger on anybody. I don't know any of us has done that. I don't know anybody's ever stabbed anybody with the intention of killing them and they die. But how many of us have murdered someone in our heart? God says don't. Because you see that murder is affecting us. And God loves us. God loves you. Would you bow your heads?